Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Song Guide with the Sorries. I'm Douglas. And I'm Marty. Um, it's good to be back. We've had a little bit of a hiatus from the podcasts. Uh, Everyone's been waiting with bated breath to see what we'd do next. They have, yeah, after having to put up with our extended fringe run. But uh, don't worry, we've stopped the music now. We're back to the... You're in safe territory. <laughs> safe to tune in. The great chat. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about the song The Four Marys, or as it's sometimes known, The Ballad of Mary Hamilton. Yes, stream the queen had four Marys, the night shall hay but three. There was Mary Seaton and Mary Beaton, Mary Carmichael and me. The four Marys refers to the four ladies-in-waiting for Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, that were sent with her over to France when she embarked as a youngster. They were Mary Seaton, Mary Beaton, Mary Livingston and Mary Fleming. In the song, obviously, that's changed a little bit. You have Mary Seaton and Mary Beaton, but then you have Mary Carmichael and the me, who is the speaker of the song, who's Mary Hamilton. It's clear from the chorus that Mary Hamilton is about to be executed. Yeah, so the version that we do of it has a repetitive chorus... Or, sorry, a repeating chorus. It might be repetitive <laughs> if you haven't listened to it as well. But it's a repeating chorus which in the sort of first version that's published of it is just featured once as a verse. And we pick three other verses. Um, so the first one kind of sets the scene, words gone to the kitchen, words gone to the hall, that Mary Hamilton's with child by the highest steward of all. the hall That Mary Hamilton's with child by the highest steward of all. So there the real scandal comes out because the high steward of all is Mary's husband, Lord Darnley, who is king. When they marry, she decides he'll be king. Um, who's a cousin of hers, so is also a steward. So Mary Hamilton is pregnant with his child and the fact that word's gone in the kitchen into the hall shows that everyone knows about it. Those upstairs and those in the servants' quarters as well. And everyone knowing about a pregnancy is quite important in terms of the infanticide side of things as well. Yeah, which, which we not we only really hint at in our version, but it's is a lot bigger deal in the other versions. Yeah, the the it's kind of the focus of yeah. some some other versions. And then the next two verses that we have um, is basically Mary lamenting of the fact that she's uh, dressed her queen, put gold in her hair, and look. Look what's happened to me. <laughs> I think as you once said, you ungrateful cow. <laughs> we paraphrase though, we decided not to put that direct phrase in our version. This thing about the the, the Queen having a golden comb in her hair mm-hmm. or gold in her hair, we use it as yeah. the as her protesting, look what I've done for you and you, uh, you you've seen that. But in, in, in some of the other vers- versions of it, you have the Queen coming downstairs because she thinks she hears a baby crying. Yeah. And she's wearing a golden comb in her hair at that point. And she says asks Mary, Where's the baby? And and Mary says, uh, that was just me crying out or says uh, in Scott's version says, Oh no, I've got a stitch in my side yeah, and it's, yeah. it's really sore. And she's obviously suffering labour pains. You assume at that point she's going right. She's told the Queen basically says to her in Scott's version, get up, you're coming with me, I'm going to a wedding. Yeah. Which is kind of a trick, actually, uh-huh. to get her to come to Edinburgh to be tried. Oh, often he I dress my Queen Put gold in her hair But now I've gotten 
my reward and gallows to be my share yes, and then our final verse is um, where she's kind of saying oh little did my mother think you know how far I'd travel how widely travelled I'd be because of my position in the Queen's Court and then how I was to, to end my life it is that that's one of the, the one of the, the verses that you find in quite a lot of ballads, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That sense of you know that that the child thinking about how how far they've come, basically, and thinking about how little their parents would understand or know about the life that they would lead. Little did my mother think when first she cradled me, the lands I was to travel in. As I said at the start, our version is much shorter than the original one, which was first published in Scots Minstrelsy of the Scottish Borders in 1803. And that one has a lot of verses in it. And that infanticide, which you mentioned, is a much more prevalent in That's right. In that. And I think Scott's version as well. Of course, Scott's attributing it to other sources. He says that he's collected this. Mm. It's not like he originates yeah, at that point. But that's the first time it's published, I think. Yeah. But yeah, the infanticide argument is basically, if a woman kept her pregnancy secret and kept the fact that a child had been born secret, she could be executed. Because the assumption is if the child then disappears that she has killed the child and disposed of the body. And interestingly, Scott then uses that as a sort of central plot device in Heart of Midlothian. That's right. um, Some sort of 15 odd years after this. That's right. So that's that's Effie Dean's. Um, And you do actually then start wondering whether the Four Marys is really quite important for Scott in that sense then because Heart of Midlothian is one of his most famous and most praised novels. Yeah. But that was digressing a little bit. The other ballads all seem to have a much larger or a, a larger version of this ballad seems to have a real concentration on the infanticide. That's why she's killed. The, the shortened version we have kind of hints at it, mm-hmm. but almost suggests that she's killed because she's been sleeping with the Queen's husband. Yeah, um, it's actually it's a different offence. Yeah, as yeah it were absolutely. In, completely a different offence. And uh, Walter Scott's version, he gives a note where he talks about Knox, I think, doesn't he? Yeah, Knox, who obviously was no fan of uh, Mary Queen of Scots, well, he mentioned the story of... The, the true story of a lady in Mary's court having an affair with an apothecary, uh, with the Queen's apothecary, and then they uh, conspire the mother and father to, to murder the child. The child yeah. yeah, and that is where S- Scott then references this as a kind of origin for the the story behind the song. Yeah, and Scott says the story has, has then transmuted and, and this uh, French waiting woman mm-hmm. that he talks about um, is, is sort of transformed into Mary Hamilton, yes. a Scottish figure. And the apothecary then becomes Mary's husband, Darnley, her second husband, Darnley, who is historically recognised as for his infidelity. Yeah. 
So they're just cranking up the drama, basically. The yeah, song yeah. the song takes the story and just puts it that bit closer to the Queen, makes it that bit more personal. Yeah. But certainly the infanticide stuff still comes through there. And this is this is what Mary Hamilton is executed for, ultimately. Yes, dream the Queen had four Marys, the Nigel Hay but three. There was Mary Seaton and Mary Beaton, Mary Carmichael and me. So you mentioned, Marty, the names of the Queen's four Marys, the historically accurate names of yeah. our four Marys, and the fact there wasn't a Mary Hamilton. So that's something which has become a little bit of a, a point of conjecture yeah. <laughs> um, as to who she really was. And there's a version which references the Duke of Argyle's... Yeah. Some of the versions we've come across say that she's Duke of Argyle's daughter. Yeah. Other versions uh, say that she's a knight of the north. She's the daughter of a knight of the north. Yeah. So there's a slight suggestion in some of the versions anyway that she's the, the child of Highlanders. In ancient Scottish ballads, which was published in 1827 and references Scott, it says that this version, or the version which is there in the Four Marys, which features many of the same verses, they say it's a, a song of the north, I think, as well. Yeah, so it is. There's, um, there's a there's a there's a there's, a, there's something there yeah, about yeah. one version of it at least finding purchase yeah. in the, in the Highlands. But with Mary Hamilton, in terms of her actual identity, there was a Mary Hamilton that served in the court of Tsar Peter the Great of Russia about 150 years after um, this point, and she was actually executed for infanticide. And it's it's thought that she was actually Peter the Great's mistress. There was a great thing actually. I heard um, Simon Seabag Montefiore, who um, you might know from his sort of books and TV programs about Jerusalem and Rome and so on. And he was doing one about the czars of Russia, and he was saying that um, Mary Hamilton was Peter's mistress, and he had her beheaded. But before the beheading, he stood up, came up to her in front of the crowds, uh, kissed her on the lips. And then after her head had been taken off, he picked it up and showed it to the crowd, pointed out the various arteries and so on, and then kissed it on the lips again, dropped it and wandered off. Well, grief does funny things to people. (laughs) But that also gives rise to the question of exactly when this song is written. Because um, if it's the Mary Hamilton conflation with with the Tsar Peter the Great thing, that places it much later. Yeah. I know the Viking Book of Folk Ballads, which was a 1963 publication, it it suggests that the ballad actually existed before the time of uh, Peter the Great, and therefore it is an older ballad. I mean, there are but some. But it's whether it's called Mary Hamilton at that point yeah, or not, yeah, which is true. possibly it might have existed that yeah. in, in in some kind of form. Yeah, I mean, I read somewhere somebody had suggested that it was actually written by Mary Queen of Scots secretary, Rizzio. David Rizzio. Um, you know, <laughs> and that was why he was murdered by Darnley and all his henchmen. <laughs> but I think that's a stretch. Well, but there's again. another version of the song as well that was collected in the last sort of 30, 40 years that has, uh, has it as Bothwell. As ah, being right, the, uh, the, Mary's the, third husband. Yeah, yeah, has been the sort of subject of the affair. Yeah, but that's the that's there's only one version that I've ever heard of that has that. I think Darnley as well that because you know, famously Mary was kind of implicated in his murder yeah. as well. So Darnley seems to be the more the more obvious one. Yeah. 
So there are many different versions of the tune. Uh, there's a stack of them collected in the Child Collection. Uh, the version that we play first is first published in the 1880s, 1884. Yeah, 1884 in the Thistle yeah. Collection. Uh, that's the first time that that's anyway that's been recorded as being published anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it was at that time thought to be extant from traditional singing and certainly at the Highlands of Perthshire, uh-huh. I think it's attributed. Yeah. As are some of the versions of the ballad anyway, actually, that I've come across in the Child and various other places. But there are various versions that are sung about Mary Mills, sometimes called Mary Mild and Mary Hamilton. But I think the tune that we've used is the one that would now be considered the standard one, I yeah, think. Yeah, which is a sort of, it's in 3-4, but I know that I think some of the melodies in Child are in 4-4. Four, four, yeah. And one particularly awkward one starts in 3-4, goes to 4-4 four, four and switches back, which is hell on earth for any musician. <laughs> Weirdly, they, they add yeah. an O at the end of some of the lines yeah. just to get the extra yeah. beat out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of just uh, talking about different versions and the tune, um, one of the most popular versions of this was by Joan Baez, who I think recorded it in 1961, but uh, I would have to say committed the most heinous crime of all by shifting the action from Edinburgh to Glasgow. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Disgraceful. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and found it at least a little bit informative. You can find out about the other songs we've done by visiting our podcast website, which is thescottishsongguide.com. And uh, you'll also find a reading list and so on on there. Or you can get more information on our website, thesorries.co.uk. Or indeed buy a version of the Four Marys on our album Bends of the Bow. That would be an excellent idea, Marty. That would be great. Yeah, uh, the version that you heard uh, little snippets of throughout this uh, is from our latest album, which features Danny Miller, by the way, on fiddle, as you might have heard. Um, so thanks to him for doing that. Meanwhile, get in touch on Facebook or on Twitter, if that's your kind of bag. Uh, we're on there. Uh, but until next time, uh, thanks for listening and bye-bye. There was Mary Seaton and